This podcast was brought to you by Bridge Procurement. Bridge Procurement helps companies of all sizes to reduce their operating expenditure whilst improving contract governance. They always provide a return on investment and a refreshing approach to outsource procurement. For more information, visit bridgeprocurement.com. Welcome to the next episode of Talent Talks podcast with me, Martin Smith, founder of Talent Drive, specialist recruiter in procurement and supply chain. We continue our bite-sized series of interviews with procurement leaders discussing how they're adjusting to the new working environment and where they see the future of procurement. And I'm delighted to say today we are joined by the procurement director of Primark, Ross Grierson. So I'd like to welcome today Ross Grierson. Ross is uh, the Director of Indirect Procurement at Primark and previously worked his way up through the the procurement team within GSK and previous to that has worked in a a multitude of other industries, including the FMCG sector. Known Ross now for a a good few years. Welcome, Ross. Hey, Martin. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm I'm well. First of all, how are are you and and how are you coping with with the lockdown at the moment? I think think it's it's a... Challenge clearly, and I, I do feel in a lucky position to a certain degree that you know, still, still working and got family and a bit of space at home. But it's not without its challenges. I think trying to find a routine has been tough. I'm used to yeah. kind of travelling extensively, spending most of my time in Dublin. So now, I think I was um, reflecting on it earlier. You know, you kind of crave to be at home um, when you're travelling all the time, and then when you're at home, you crave you crave to travel. So I think it's it's um, it's just trying to keep that in balance. I think the first four weeks of kind of working at home were, were super intense. You know, we're, we're trying to yeah. preserve liquidity of our business with a with a massive degree of urgency, which means kind of normal rules don't apply. But I think now we're we're we still have a, a massive urgency of, of work to do. But we're personally able to get into a bit more routine. The team's able to get into a bit more routine, which is which is useful. And you almost need to give yourself a, a break and breathing space to be effective and to remain effective um i yeah. think it's we're kind of getting to the the end of a certain curve and now we're we're looking at another peak of work but it's a slightly different focus so yeah personally good yeah it's uh it's been an interesting experience but like i said for others it's a lot worse so yeah well i guess it's interesting because we've had people you know on the podcast that have come from kind of healthcare and public sector and charities obviously you've come from that kind of world of of pharmaceutical and then into the kind of world of retail. So how, how have you found that sort of transition? Yeah, I think retail has clearly been one of the most affected um, mm. industries from, from my perspective and, and Primark's point of view, we, we only trade in bricks and mortar. So we're only on the high street. We, we rely on footfall to our stores and, and the kind of service experiences and, and trends in our, in the high street that drives our business. So over the last six or seven weeks all our stores have been shut so essentially yeah. our, our top line has gone from pretty healthy to zero overnight yeah. and that's something that you personally wouldn't have imagined no one could imagine that that was going to happen a at all and b that quickly so yeah. i think that's from a business point of view it's forced our it's forced our hand to move quickly i think the speed of decision making has been immense the, the things that you would normally take weeks and governance and all this good stuff has almost been removed. I think the the agility that's been demonstrated by the business, by by my team, by our suppliers, has been stellar to an issue. And I think that's one thing I want to make sure that we try and keep and maintain as we go back to whatever um, mm. we go back to. 
is, so, yeah. is, is the ability to work at a pace and cut through what's really important because I, th I think it's, it's forced us to do that. And the results have been really positive and people are generally just focused on, you know, if you've had to be forced to be focused on the very near term, yeah. but there's something to be said by having a, a simple kind of objective and this, a, a single objective for the company, which everyone's working towards mm. mobilizes people. And I think that's been, that's been quite powerful. And you were explaining before we, we went live about, obviously it's a new team that you're building there. You know, you're, 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 you're growing at the, the procurement function there. And, and I think you said that, that you've had sort of what, five new starters that have all started, you know, virtually and online and, and clearly not been sort of meeting stakeholders in the team. So that, how's, how's that been? How's that been to manage? And yeah, yeah. So we've, we've, we've recruited five new people since this year. A couple of, a couple started in a few weeks, a couple of started yeah. recently and they've been, yeah, completely inducted virtually. So they've, had their computers sent to their houses they've joined via teams or or zoom or whatever um remotely and some of them have not been to the the main office some of them have not met uh, most of them have not met the other team members so yeah. that's been a challenge but we've we've tried to really focus on keeping that teamwork and unity um with daily kind of check-ins we've had for the first five weeks a, a nine o'clock coffee call every every morning just a bit of a kind of check-in see how people are getting on and, and i think you know some some people live on their own you know, it must be very challenging for them to start a new job on your own you're not seeing anyone else so you you kind of it's hard to keep things in perspective but I, mm. so i've generally encouraged my team and my my managers to to have those conversations regularly because it's hard to keep things that you think are really bad probably aren't and and vice versa so you just need to make sure that you're there to, to listen and help people through but I've been really impressed with a how we've as a company have set those new starters up for success in a complete, yeah. completely remote environment, um, which I'm not so sure I would would find that easy. But their response has been really good, and they've hit the ground running, which is great. And we've got a few new guys coming in a couple of weeks as well to look right. after supply chain. And again, they'll be inducted virtually, and which we're now used to. You know, it becomes I was going <laughs> to say, does it feel normality. yeah from that adapting to it and, and having these you know conversations? Obviously, we're 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 speaking today via video. H have you found that that's also been the way the communication has been with kind of your suppliers and other stakeholders? Has that just become the norm now for you and your team, or, or how does that look for you? Yeah, I think I think the the kind of ad hoc communication has been has been a lot easier, a lot quicker. And people have been forced to just work in a much more nimble way. I think in the past you'd try and schedule a meeting with a supplier and it would be in two weeks' time and then you would get moved and then you know you go to their office, our office, whatever. Now it's just a lot more simple. It's uh it's online. You basically pick your platform and get on with it and and just schedule quick check-ins. I think the frequency I'd say of our supplier communication has increased significantly and, and I think we're probably having little and often conversations as opposed to probably a bit more more scheduled as it was in the past so i think that's yeah. been useful and that's really allowed us to get an insight into their business which when you really take a step back and think what's our company trying to achieve well we're trying to we're clearly trying to sell products that are the right price point that are, that are fashionable and exciting for our customers but through that we need our our indirect suppliers we need our cleaners we need our security companies we need the guys in the store that's making things safe and compliant in in, in fm and stuff so we're we're actually really reliant on those suppliers, and so it's important that we are having those dialogues and making sure that they're they're okay, and we're we're able to when we reopen and we started to have some markets open in Europe, um, we're in a good place and ready to go. Yeah. Do you see that as the new norm then, or do you think it'll be a transition? You know, 
clearly we'll, need, we'll be embracing technology more off the back of this. There's no doubt. But what do you see now as kind of a, the, the new norm moving forward? What's your thoughts there? I think I heard a, a quote from McKinsey that the world's not going to become any less digital. So I, so I think that's definitely something that resonates with me. These tools, we've seen how powerful they can be and how useful they are. So I think it's about getting the right blend of, of resources, that we've, of tools that we can use go, when we go back to the office, whenever that might be, and recognising that you know, face-to-face might be what you always want to have, but you probably don't have to do it to be effective and, and, yeah. and really trying to use the, the right medium for the right impact. I think that's probably what I'll take away from this personally is, yeah, yeah things are nice to have in a certain way, but it's not always necessary. So use but, it when but, you need it. The, the handshake and the, uh, the the meeting room in the office seems like a bit of a distant memory now, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it does. I used yeah. to spend my day running between steercoes and meetings in in Dublin, and yeah, all the meeting rooms are always busy, and you can't ever find anywhere. And yeah, so now the availability of meetings is infinite. So yeah. uh, it's just your own time, which is the challenge. Yeah, you definitely got a bit more of a captive audience. So in, in terms of sort of looking back at from a, from a procurement standpoint, what do you think are kind of the long-term impacts that this will have on the profession, both kind of good and bad? What's what's your thoughts there? I think from a start on the positive. So for me, I've not spoken to my CFO as much as I have done in the last four or five weeks, which really? I think is yeah. good. I think our, um, our impact, again, through necessity has been significant. We've tried to, as I mentioned, our sales have gone from a big number to a very small number very quickly and so our, the ability for us to control our costs in that period of time have been super important and therefore the conversation we've had with our suppliers with our internal business partners has been fundamental to ensure that we limit our cost out as much as possible so that that's certainly one thing i think it's raised our profile in the business as someone that can work quickly understand and connect the dots across the company um, at pace and and try and end up you know, negotiate. I think it's also demonstrated our negotiation skills with our suppliers, and I think we've we've had to balance the whole. We need to be bold with with what we're asking our suppliers, but also be kind of human with what we're asking for, and recognise that they're a business too, because ultimately this is a temporary closure of stores, and we are going to reopen them across the countries, and so we we need to keep that in mind as we as we've had this conversation, which has been not always an easy balance to strike, one but one that we've tried to strike. Mm. so that i think the negotiation skills and the nuance between kind of being too pushy and and not being pushy enough has has been one that's been you know a challenge to find but i think we've been pretty pretty good at that space i think maybe on the on area that i i'm conscious about in the next few months is we've really had to play a bit of a policeman role as well Mm. so we've we've literally had a buying desk implemented where every purchase requisition and purchase order gets reviewed and to what extent that almost gets tarnishes the the function that we are the PO police, right? So that there's a there's a there was a business necessity to do that, and absolutely was the right thing to do. The question is, how do we change in that tech? In that tech? And transitioning, presumably, you know, when the lockdown is lifted and when we get some normality back, presumably for for you, it's then how do you sort of transition back, or or, or how does that phase potentially out, or you know, how that will look long term? Yeah, I mean, it's, for me, it'd be how do we how do we maintain a level of control that's appropriate. I think we st- we still need to to have that degree of control, but mm. it's it's the elegant way to to not make that the day job, but yeah. but make it an important part of the job if that makes sense. So that's yeah. one thing I'm just we're kind of working through with the guys to see how we do it. How do we use technology and automation to help us? And I think how do we strengthen some of the the kind of policies and procedures 
it's not really our style as a company um, in terms of you must do this we're quite dynamic and, and creative which is which is a bit of our secret sauce to honestly but i think there is a degree of kind of process that we need to embed a bit more than than we maybe would have done in the past yeah yeah and in terms of the kind of procurement skills that you clearly have had to focus more on and, and clearly your team focus more on as well there's going to be people listening to this that are going to be, you know, unfortunately been made redundant through the pandemic uh, and the general economy and indeed people furloughed and worried about their role. So what kind of skills do you see as going to be really valued in the procurement market moving forward? Yeah, so the, the risk of just laying out a load of cliche skills, like one thing I've seen, two things would be one is, is dealing with ambiguity. So, you know, this is a situation that no one's ever encountered before and, and been able to to know what to do so we've had to learn learn as we go so i think being comfortable in the gray is is what my team has demonstrated throughout this period and you know i've tried to help make it less gray to honest you but that's not always been the case and i think just working through it and trusting yourself that you'll you'll figure out is has been really useful and i think that's been that's been positive and one thing that you know as we look to recruit people we'll be one of people that are comfortable to not know all the answers and and have belief in themselves that they will find it and that that ability to to not just be tied to a certain category as well like we've had to flex our team across certain areas into like cleaning and security and facilities management out of the likes of professional services and like tax and, and hr so the ability to to use those skills which are kind of core procurement skills the negotiation the planning the, the commercial acumen and apply them into other categories quickly is has been really useful um so i think it's i think if you can have that kind of multi-category or the ability to demonstrate skills that you've been able to apply in other areas is going to be really important and i think i think the last one would just be and it's one that i always look for is is that business acumen so do you have the ability to connect the dots together do you see the impact of why you're doing something and what you're doing for because that coupled with the whole dealing with ambiguity thing makes makes how you approach and how you navigate the situation is much more, much more important. And um, you know, I, if I if I almost just reflect back on the way I've just articulated that, they're all probably more soft skills and more leadership type skills than core technical skills. I think clearly that commercial acumen, numbers and stuff goes with the territory. I think I think it's it's going to be the management and the leadership skills that that's going to stand people in the best stead. I think in the next few months and years, or, or yeah. continue to stand them in the best stead. And I certainly think, you know, putting procurement has been in the spotlight in all companies, not just clearly in the, you know, in, in, in the public sector, in the NHS, obviously in retail, in, in, in every every facet of the world, it's, it's had to be. And, and I think I hear a lot about people needing to be more agile in the way they're thinking, and the way they're doing things. And, you know, yes, there is a, there is times for governance and process and policies, but actually it's it's about making sure that your your business is running. You know, in the day it's breaking to the bare bones of is the business functioning? Are we looking after our team and are we delivering what we need to do? And I think that's going to be um, an increasing thing. So finally, in terms of advice, you kind of touched on there actually some of, with, with what you're saying about some of the, the skills that people needing. So what advice would you give to the procurement profession in general at the moment? One of the things I sent to my, to my CFO last week was I said, I, I said to him, I felt this has been our time to shine in the last six to eight weeks. So I think it's, it's be bold, but be humble. So I think, you know, you've, hopefully now earn, earn the right to be where you are if th through this this really challenging time and i think it's the it's the opportunity that you can use to to build on that 
capital that you've um, managed to create within your business and and use that to the advantage of the business going mm. forward i think that's that's probably the advice i'd say so you look at it and, and as a consequence of that that will improve the function and your own career and objectives and potential right so i think it's looking at it through a business lens that that would be how i'd look at it yeah be bold and be humble i'm going to use that as a strap line i think that's uh, i like that i like that a lot yeah no that's really good advice well look ross as always really nice to speak to you i'm glad you're well and staying safe Hopefully, I know you're a big cricket fan, so hopefully the cricket gets back on the uh, yeah, I'm missing on, it on the TV soon. And uh, you managing to play a bit in the garden or a little little bit with with it's a bit of golf with my daughter. That's the oh, is extent it? of you're it. Uh, yeah, she uses a golf club as a hockey stick, which is uh, <laughs> hard work to watch, but she enjoys it. That's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, look, um, it sounds like you're, you're doing great things there. So again, thanks for your time today, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. You're welcome. Thanks, Ross. 